0: Okay, hey guys, welcome on board to another panic attack. We're uh, doing a little JFK 60th Anniversary Convention coverage. And Doc is back. Uh, I guess he has some updates because he called, texted me and said, let's do a quick podcast. So, what's up, buddy? Well,
1: I got to tell you, day two of the uh, 20 Seventh annual <clears throat> November and uh, November in Dallas conference from the <clears throat> answer Publications was really, really spectacular, and there's a lot of content here uh, at this convention, uh, but it was all I'll just you know for really enhanced by the support from America's Untold Stories, uh, Eric Hundley and Mark Grobert and what they've been doing on their channel to not only talk about unique American history, but also uh, bring attention to the uh, JFK assassination. And so this is the 60th anniversary commemoration of that. And they piggybacked off of this conference and frankly you know 75% of the attendees were supporters of American Untold Stories and uh, I think that's good because one the supporters of the JFK Lancer uh, publication are old people I'm just going to be honest with you these are people very old they're very smart they're published authors Um. They have very good opinions, solidly grounded, in fact, on various aspects of the JFK assassination. And that's one thing that you will understand if you go to a convention like this, is there's a lot of different moving parts. And America's Untold Stories brings much-needed youth and vigor to this conversation because we cannot let this go, what happened It changed the world. Somebody asked me, uh, "Why do you care?" You know, I'm I'm not a a Gen Z or Millennial or Zoomer or anything. I'm a Gen Xer, but they, they thought I was, I think, a little bit younger. And they said, "Well, like, why do you care about this?" And I said, "Well, you know," gave off a couple of reasons, and and I said, "Well, ultimately, let me tell you why." Because what happened one and a half miles from where we're standing in broad daylight on a crisp late November pre Thanksgiving day afternoon where the president of the United States head was blown off in broad daylight and a conspiracy that's government oriented changed the direction of, of the world. And so whatever you think happened, who pulled triggers and where those triggers were pulled, the fact of the matter is this happened here. And the consequence of that was a more. And that's where this comes back for me. And why that's important for me is uh, I, like many other people, have family members that fought in battle. And I, ha- I had an uncle that was a, a decorated hero, a, a purple heart with two oak leaf clusters, a silver star, and other military decorations. He is an American, was an American hero and was laced with Agent Orange and a whole lot of other complications that many of our boys had to deal with coming back from that awful confrontation. Well, there was one person standing in the way of that happening, in my opinion. And I don't think there's going to be anyone ever change. You know, I, I'll change my opinions on a lot of things, Big John. But there's one thing I'm pretty confident in, and that is John Fitzgerald Kennedy would not have allowed us to get involved in that goddamn war. And I don't know what that would have meant for a lot of people, my uncle included, but I think it would have meant for a better world. And so we explored a lot of reasons why Kennedy was a target. Castro was a target. Oswald was used in certain ways. Other people were used in certain ways. Other interests were at play. It was uh, – you want to talk about the Wild West, man. That was it uh, in this country not long ago. And um, it's really – I don't know if you ever, if you want to get into what happened at the site today that I visited, but the whole thing is just a moving experience. I got to tell you.
0: What happened at the site today?
1: Well, so I went down to Dealey Plaza and took some pictures, and um, you know it's an incredibly small space where a lot of people can be perched, and moved in and out, very easily undetected from multiple different locations. It's a shooting range, if you ever go there. You can walk from the Texas School Book Depository over to the overpass in 90 seconds. But if you go down Elm Street and you stand at the spot where, uh, on the sidewalk in front of where Kennedy was killed, it's, you you could reach out and touch it. these shots at these multiple shooters, and it is multiple shooters at this point. I mean, you got to be a moron to think that there wasn't multiple shooters. These guys had a, you know, fairly standard and still target uh, from where their vantage points were in the Dow Tex Building, the Records Building, uh, the, the School Book Depository, the picket and the overpass, grassy you knoll, wherever you want to call it. Um, we're we're talking fifty yards you know, you see these pictures and it seems like it's vast space. How could this happen? No, this is a very, this is a shooting gallery and there's no rhyme or reason to why this motorcade even went this way and why it took the turns that it did outside of the fact that people were trying to kill the president. And, um, I have historically been someone to always question authority. I'm a conservative person Uh, by nature. I respect institutions, but I always want to question authority. I want to question why things are happening and I'm defiant when I don't get the answers that I want. And I, I haven't gotten the answers to this. This is a mess. And so I felt like if I go to this place, how, how do I pay respects as best as I know how to pay them? I don't just want to go here and be a tourist and do you know YouTube videos or whatever. This, this is a major thing. And all I could think of is I want to have somebody take a picture of me. And people do this. They walk out in the middle of the street. You know, it's it's an active street. It's an active intersection. So you got to time it up with the lights. Uh, and mm-hmm. they take pi- and they take pictures. Right on, yeah. on the on the X's in the road. Well, I didn't want to just take a picture on an X in the middle of the road where the president's head was blown off, and pretend like it's some. So. I figured, well, if there's any opportunity to take a knee and throw the fist in the air of, you know, I'm talking about that power fist, this is, I'm gonna do it here. And I'm not gonna do it for me, but I'm gonna do it for the president. I'm gonna do it for the country. And that's what I did. And I asked somebody to take a picture I took, I took it, and I will tell you this. When I got back to the side of the street, a woman was crying and said, normally people just go out there and take pictures. That was, you know, moving what you did. Because when I was done, I stood up, stood in the street. I, as a Catholic, I crossed myself and said a prayer for the spirit of John Kennedy and a prayer for the country in a brief moment. Then I had to get the hell off the street because the cars were coming down. But I did that, and for me, that's full circle. And we have a lot of work to do as people in this country. I got into a little bit of a debate tonight with some of the people here I mean, we're all coming from things from the same side of the fence, but we have different perspectives on things. And somebody tried making the argument to me that we have shared responsibility in the failures of our government. And I, and I politely said, I, I think that's bullshit. We, the voters, we, the people, we don't have any shared responsibility in this mess. When you take a look at what happened in COVID, what happened in these lies on weapons of mass destruction, what happened to Tuskegee Airmen post-World War II, these were things that were not done in my name, not done in any normal American's name. These were things that were done by the government and their control feature to tighten the vice grip on our population and exploitate their uh, discrimination against certain people. I said, I share no responsibility in the mess that we are in today. And so I, I absolutely reject any idea that I or any other voter that actually cares about this country that the problem is the government right now. And yes, you know, people vote partisan identification 75 85 percent of the time and don't think about the consequences of that and that's on us that part is on us but the failures and the repercussions of what's happening in this country that's on the government that's on the corrupted people that have messed up these institutions that are somehow you know we vote for these people and they tell us one thing at the ballot box and then another thing when they go And vote for us in Congress, or when they're elected, that's not on us. And so we got a little bit of a lively conversation there. And I'm an Irish guy, so the conversation got a little lively. And (laughs) and bottom line though is, you know, this is the end of the second day of this. Tomorrow we got half a day. I got to get the hell out of town. I get back to my kids. They don't know who their dad is right now, but. By God, I love America, and I was surrounded by a a room full of patriots today that have been mocked, satirized, marginalized. These are smart people who have read, who have thought, and who have concluded, based on love of country, that something happened here that wasn't right, and I know it wasn't right we've been lied to and at some point we got to take this narrative back over and i think that page is turning we just need as people to turn that page not the government not special interests turning the page we have to turn this page because our elected representatives are incapable of, of doing this they're 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 too controlled by special interests So we we just have to take ownership of this. This is is an incredible experience. I've learned a great deal about Lee Harvey Oswald, what his mindset was, a lot of things that would make a lot of people think about it. I've got a lot of books here. I mean, I'm looking at a stack of six books that I bought. uh, Many of them original print from the 60s and 70s. Wow. Um, I I mean, this is a goldmine of things not to propagandize people, but to make you think about what you are being told mm-hmm. and to, and to, and to not only that, whatever it is, you're, you think about it, just know that we, the, the country and the world changed on that day, 60 years ago, right here.
0: And mm-hmm.
1: we got to make sure that's right because man, if it's not right, the country is really on shaky grounds, and I don't want that to happen, and I'm willing to owe up to it. Whatever the secrets are, whatever the reasonings are, I have faith that we can overcome those shortcomings of our institutions, even when it involves the assassination of a president, but only if we atone
0: for what happened,
1: and we got to fight like hell. And that's where I'm at, brother.
0: Hey, you know, um, yeah. After our our talk yesterday, you know, I I guess Korea was the first uh, official UN conflict, Uh, but it seemed like after Vietnam, till and today, the United States has been in a role of world police and if you keep john kennedy alive and you stay out of vietnam and you stay out of the role of world policeman uh that's basically what happened after kennedy was assassinated um and you talk about the I'll, i'll get to your opinion on world police but you know talk about the uh Soldiers in Vietnam, and I don't know why it is, but did you think, you know, your uncle, my uncle, these were the first soldiers to come back and be uh, diagnosed with and treated for things, uh, what they call PTSD today? You know, um, what was going on over there that led to so many guys having these mental issues, nervous breakdowns, post-traumatic stress disorder after this war? Or did we just start treating it? I, I don't know. It, it just seems to me like this was the first time soldiers came home and were really treated for the mental aspect of uh, the scars of war.
1: Well, you know, John, that's a hell of a question. And I don't know if we ever ignored the scars of war. I mean, I think, you know, we used to call it uh, shell shell shock. Um, Battle fatigue is, I think, the common thing now. But um, honestly, I think what might make and I'm not an expert, but what might make the Vietnam experience a little more, perhaps, uh might be twofold. One, the way that we handicapped our fighting warriors from engaging the enemy and the way that it became politicized, the trauma that a lot of these guys had to face when they came home, when they were spit on by people like John yeah. Kerry and others. Um, also, I think drugs, be honest with you, I think, um, you know, in World War. I, I mean, look, I, I can't quantify was there drugs in World War II or not, but I know in Vietnam, there was a lot of drugs that somehow ended up in front of a lot of our GIs. And I'm not, you know, it's, so there's a big difference between non-filter lucky strikes
0: and heroin Yeah, I was going to bring up This was uh, one of the first times American soldiers were introduced to opioids uh, A.K.A. heroin um, I think some people don't get The fact that Kennedy was a different kind of Democrat um, Especially that for that era Um, He was for lower taxes, less government, but the big things that set him apart from the Southern Democrats and made him unpopular in the South was he was for integration. He was for civil rights, even though he voted against one civil rights bill. I don't know why. Uh, He was for more freedom. And like you're saying, If we get to the bottom of this, we will experience more freedom. I think getting to the bottom of this, however, some of us are barking up the wrong tree. Um, And it's got things have to knowledge has to come from these conventions like you're going to uh, from word of mouth, from investigative journalism because I I constantly hear about all the the sealed documents, the Kennedy files. Do you really think there's a piece of paper out there where this this cabal, this coup d'etat is in writing? Hell no, it's not in writing. No, nobody's gonna write this down. And here's our plan to kill the president. But we find it out through investigations like the, the people that you're listening to at this convention, you know, um, some Hunley and Crow, Grobert videos on American Untold Stories are quickly demonetized by YouTube. Why? I've listened to them, watched them. What are they saying? It's uh, a community guidelines strike. Okay. Have you seen anything?
1: Well let me let me give you a personal example. So in first off you're right. I mean, you know, mar, you know within seconds of the show come on, these guys get demonetized and you know to put a personal and I talked to these guys about this and I don't think they would mind me saying this. I mean, this is their livelihood these guys have now dedicated themselves to this channel into this cause into what we're talking about not just the kennedy assassination but talking about america's untold stories and youtube censors them and that's a financial hit these guys and that's why i would strongly urge everyone that listens to your podcast to go to uh locals and sign up for the Community to give them money directly beyond the control of the censorship people, because that's how you support this kind of thing.
0: So, what was the second part of what um, we were talking? Uh, about? Do you think there's? Do you think that unsealing these Kennedy documents that are still classified? Do you think that there's something in writing that says this is how we're gonna? assassinate the president
1: no i don't think i I think what i learned here today or at least confirmed is that there were multiple competing interests to influence world politics in the early 1960s and i think it all stemmed from a uh revolution and uh anti-castro uh people in the United States. I think you had uh, interests of the deep state, the FBI and the CIA, I think you had interests of the alt right and the alt left, socialists and very alt right movements in this country. And I think you had then the Kennedy movement that literally was seeking a reset of this whole mess. And I think they realized, you know, you you said something a minute ago, john, about Kennedy, Kennedy came in as a little bit of a war hawk you know he was not going to be bullied and, but once he saw what the intelligence community was feeding him which was a bunch of bullshit mm-hmm. and, and the mess that they got him into in the Bay of Pigs uh, that almost caused World War 3 and he pulled out of that and saved this all from a mess, and then started to make public statements about, we're gonna scatter the intelligence community across the country. We're not gonna allow this to happen again. This is a crock of shit. We are free, independent people, and we don't need this. That's when both of those interests started to align, which is, we want a war, we want a conflict, and we want to get rid, and It was then assassinate Castro, assassinate Kennedy, assassinate anyone. And all these interests aligned. And we can't explain how they aligned. But they did align. And a lot of people will say a lot of things about what November 22nd, 1963 was supposed to be. Was it supposed to be an assassination? Was it supposed to be a false flag? Was it hijacked? Bottom line is it happened and the result of it was the result of it. And all I know as a reader of historical fact and documents is not only did John Kennedy want to end these global conflicts and saw the errors of the deep state and this military industrial complex and wanting to start World War III on Cuba, on Russia, on whatever, for whatever reason. He also understood, and I happen to think more importantly, why we needed to fix our domestic mess which at that point had been about a hundred years of discrimination against african americans for no other reason than just being black and what was going on with them in the south with voter discrimination poll taxes i mean dehumanizing of an entire american fucking race Institutionalize. you want to talk about institutionalizing systemic racism, that was the, uh, you know, the South, led by the Democrat Party and backed up by the Ku Klux Klan. Um, and I think Kennedy was like, we got to fix that problem and we got to make this world a better place. And I honestly, God, think and, you know, I don't give a damn about the fact he was a Democrat. I'm a Republican. I wish Nixon would have won that race. He didn't, but Uh, John Kennedy understood damn problems in the world and had a unique personality and ability to draw people together to solve these problems. It's interesting how people like him with those abilities and qualities.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. He was was a smart guy and uh, a a war hero himself. Um, You know, people don't... You know, I've heard of the PT 109 incident, but not until the other day did I really uh, find out all that he did to save the lives of his crew members on that boat. Um, You know, swam them to shore, swam island to island looking for help, um, and and things like that. And that was after Um, his
1: brother was shot dead in in the same conflict. But let me tell you, What happened to me today
0: Yeah let's hear what what went on
1: I wanted To document on social Media Simply my walk Down Main Street To Houston Avenue Turn right to Elm Street Hook turn left Walk around the school book Depository The picket fence The overpass And then back around to the x on the street, the two x's where Kennedy was shot twice. And I offered a little bit of commentary. And I would like to think that that commentary was fairly uh, neutral, I said, "Hey, you know, here's where this happened. Here's the view Kennedy would have, you know, I started on main street, walked down. I said, here's the view Kennedy would have saw. Here's the throngs of people that came out. This is where the exact moment where Mrs. Conley turned to say, and they turned the corner and his head got blown off. Um, All of that narrative along with, here's the school book depository. Here's a Dow text building. Here's the records building. Here's all these other places where we think other shooters would have been. As a matter of fact, there are a lot of testimony, government testimony, that there were other shooters. The Warren Commission report is discredited in many ways in that respect. But here's where they say Oswald was. Here's the vantage point. So I did the whole thing, right, John? Mm Mm-hmm. And um, my video was censored. On Twitter
0: We need to Get a hold of Elon Musk
1: The first time I started doing it My Twitter feed stopped And said oh you've exceeded your You know Twitter usage limit for the day And I do have in full fairness Like a one hour time limit on Twitter feeds But I When that notice came up I X'd it out as I was doing the broadcast Meaning I'm dismissing the notice. And it's, so then it cut me out. And then I started it back up again. And then I did the whole thing for 30 minutes and then stopped it. And do you know how many views I had when I stopped it? Do you know how many unique impressions I had? Do you know how long the average listening time was? After 30 minutes of this, all of it was zero. I have gone on Twitter and posted videos on live feed of me and my daughter doing things, me and my family doing things, me doing things at Ohio State football games, and I would get instantaneous feedback, but not this time. Now, why is that? So they, hmm. cut, my, they cut my video off. Apparently, nobody saw it. And It's no longer on my timeline.
0: Wow. Yeah, I looked at your timeline. I don't see it. I don't
1: know what to say. I mean, mean, is this the country that we live in? Is this America now? That people can't go out? I'm not sitting here saying you got to believe this or you're going to die tomorrow. I'm saying here's the fucking thing it happened, and, you know, here's what people say about it. I mean, this is getting me, I'm getting kind of worked up right now thinking about this. Um, what am I supposed to do?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very frustrating to to know that this, uh, the free speech platform that it's supposed to be uh, is still being censored. What, who out there could be trying to censor somebody walking through Dealey Plaza
1: with, with, you know, 310 followers. I'm not, I'm not a social media influencer, Mm -hmm. but you know, I could get on Twitter right now and see graphic pictorials of child sex porn. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I can't Mm -hmm. get out there and do a thing without massive interference of uh, talking about the fact that, you know, President of the United States was, you know, murdered here 60 years ago, and and here's the area. I'm not even talking about the controversial aspects of it.
0: Yeah, Um, that's strange. Well, I'm going to do it again
1: tomorrow. I'm going to do it again tomorrow. Like, you know, I'm here tomorrow and um, I'm not giving up. I'm not going to take this bullshit. I'm going to go out there tomorrow at I don't know what time I can get out, and I'm going to go back, and I'm going to do the thing over again. And I'm going to say the exact same thing, and I want to tell the American people what this place looks like, and let them make up their own minds. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not giving up. And we can't get, I mean, that's the thing here is, uh, you know, this is tough. You lose elections. Okay, whatever. But when things like this happen, it really makes you ask yourself, Do the elections even matter? And that's a big problem. You know, I understand, you know, what happened to Donald Trump was ridiculous. And that's part of this fact of the matter is this was a situation where, you know, it wasn't an election that got rigged. They blew the head off the president of the United States in broad daylight in one of America's biggest cities. And Yeah,
0: this is something just insane.
1: I think some components of this conspiracy were cover-up. Uh, not of the, but a cover up of the fact that they, you know, dealt with um, certain people at certain times, and they didn't want that to come out. You know what I mean? I, I you know, just read the, read the book, The Looming Tower, and understand what America's foreign policy has been in various parts of the country that we've cozied up to. You know, we didn't cause 9-11, right? You know, nobody in Washington programmed those planes to go into these buildings and kill people. But, you know, maybe some assholes in an ill-conceived foreign policy experiment at a bureaucratic level thought it would be pretty cute to cozy up to a bunch of terrorists not thinking about what they could do to the country later on, like we did with Saddam Hussein, like we did with a lot of other people. Again, that's not saying that America is killing its own people, but you know maybe they're being too reckless with the people that they're trusting and empowering. And a lot of people don't want that to come out. Well, I think some of it might have to come out because who runs this damn place at the end of the day? I'd, I'd like to think we do. I'd like to think elections matter and control matters and desire matters and what Thomas Jefferson said in the Declaration of Independence. I like to think that that matters because that's Mm. what this whole damn thing is based on. But I think now we live in a society and in a a system where we're just voting on on a face, on an image, on a sound. And no matter what that is, nothing really changes.
0: Wow, yeah, this is—it's uh, a mind-boggling event, and I hope we never see it in our lifetime. I hope we never have to go through this again as a country. I know we're going to go through some things. I look at you know what Israel just went through and uh, the radicalization that's taking place in the streets of America right now. With, uh different groups and, and people um, <clears throat> and you know fighting and calls for violence and terrorism in the United States but you know an assassination of a, a president is a whole whole nother level uh, yeah, we, we can't we
1: can't let that happen again you know you can't yeah. let your political disagreements result in the decapitation of the head of state uh, by the government itself. I mean, yeah, to be honest with you, I think we kind of saw a little bit of that under Trump. But shoot him. And, oh, yeah, they're
0: still, you know, they're trying everything to keep him out of office a second time. Um,
1: and this is you an, know, an I've endorsement seen some of things. Trump, right? It's not an endorsement of Trump. It's just, I mean, you got to be a moron to not see the targeting going on here. And so then if you, you know, why, well, then why the hell is this targeting happening? What's going on yeah. here? Why is this happening? In question and then push back. Use your agency, but we just don't use our agency anymore. And um, I think that's by design. I mean, it's all I can say, man, you know. I was in Dealey Plaza today, and I got pissed off. All right, right. I don't care if anybody agrees with what I'm saying or not, and I'm not a Democrat. But this ain't about that. I got this is
0: about America. I got pissed.
1: I I got pissed, dude. I literally felt anger blood boiling in my veins that whatever happened here somebody tried to take control of my life and my future beyond what I or anyone else consented to and that's not America it was an un-American event that occurred America and We got to figure out a way to stop that and atone for that if we're going to move on.
0: Right. And you don't mean just mean move on from the Kennedy assassination. You mean move forward as a country, move on, because, you know, I think getting to the bottom of what happened to Kennedy, uh, what powers in the government were against him if we can get some kind of control over that, that leads to more freedom, more rights for all of us. Today, tomorrow, 20 years from now for our kids, grandkids, whatever, you know, finding out what government agencies could have allowed this to happen, what, could have caused this coup to happen will help a lot of things in this country.
1: Yeah, we can't, know? We, we can't have show elections. We can't cancel elections. We can't have show elections. And when the wrong person, quote unquote, wins, then we're, it, it's okay to subvert them. And that's what happened to Trump in 2016. That's what they tried to do with Bush in 2000. That's what they did mm-hmm. to Kennedy in 1960, and they kill him. Uh, Nixon in 1972, I think you could say, this as, as well, because maybe not for altruistic reasons, you know, he believed in the deep state. Richard Nixon believed in the deep state, but he wanted to destroy it and build it up to support him in his own way. But that wasn't even good enough. And they got rid of him on some ridiculous thing. Um, they got rid of Kennedy. Because he he went out there and said, we got to, any president that comes out, I mean, uh, am I an effing moron here with Tourette's? But I don't think I am. Any president that comes out and says, I'm going to hold this entity in check, what happens to them? They get their heads blown off, they get resigned, or, you know,
0: they get the Trump treatment. Yeah, you know, they get kneecapped, they get told, well, you know, you have to go through all these hoops. You can't just end bureaucracy. You have to uh, you know, go through all these channels. Uh,
1: and look what happened to Reagan. They shot him. Somebody did. Yeah. I mean, that just I mean, you're gonna tell me some moron that was reading a book about Jody Foster and decided to go off the deep end. And that's not, I mean, come on, give me a break. Right. Why doesn't that happen to, okay, you know, why doesn't that happen to George Bush? Why doesn't that happen to Barack Obama? Why doesn't that happen to Joe Biden? And I'm not saying, I'm not advocating for any violence against the city president. I'm actually saying the opposite. But why does it only happen against people who are on the outside? But people, you know, and Obama's a fake, fraud, phony, the whole way. If you look at the the deep state knew that they would, you know, that's a whole another thing. He was a fraud. But then he got really really fraud in the second term. Point is, if this guy was Mr. Hope and Change to do this, that, or the other thing to really move up, well, why didn't he get the Reagan treatment why didn't he get the Kennedy treatment? Why didn't he get the Nixon treatment? People who were legitimately trying to challenge the party structure makes you wonder.
0: Yeah, Obama let them have their wars. He let them, uh, you know, have their uh, interference in foreign elections, like the Ukraine election that now we're paying for the the government that the Obama administration helped install and. You know, the billion dollars in aid if you don't fire the SOB, you know, all of that. I mean, Biden and Obama are insiders. Obama might have out as uh, Johnny come lately who got lucky and beat the Hillary machine. But he said, you know, I don't know. I'm guessing he said, look, give me my little health care thing and this and that. Let me be, and I'll let you have your wars. I mean, you know, he was supposed to get us out of Afghanistan. He didn't. He was supposed to get us out of Iraq. He didn't. You know, all this continued, and a few more started up under the Obama administration. So, you know, he was not what he uh, seemed to be at first. Somebody got a hold of him and said, look, you're going to do things this way. And we'll give you your little victories, but we're going to keep running the show, you know. Well, man, I got to tell
1: you, I mean, this has been a great experience here. Um, I'm not saying I saw anything earth shattering one way or another, but what I know is. I mean, the whole. This is the United States of America and um, there are a lot of people that love this country that came into the this is the beauty of the whole thing there were republicans and democrats in this conference and they didn't care what your political persuasion was or anything else they had a common interest and that was getting to the bottom of this bullshit with john kennedy and this assassination i just wish there were more not assassinations or anything but just more ability for people to come together regardless of their political persuasion on certain political on certain issues whatever they are because i'm here to tell you i was in many times the most conservative person and the only I, you know, to be honest with you, I don't even know if I'm a Republican anymore. Right? I'll just be perfectly straight up. I don't think I'm, you know, I don't know if I'm a Republican anymore. That doesn't mean I'm not, you know, fiscally conservative or whatever. I just, I, I think the Republican Party is full of shit. Um, but whatever you happen to think about that or anyone else happens to think about that, the fact of the matter is there were a lot of people in this saying that were of a lot of different persuasions that were like, you eh, know, okay, fuck it. You know, this is what we are believing. Right, Right. And it was a common thing. And it was beautiful. It was motivating. And it was encouraging. Because I think today I saw hope for America for the first time in a long time. Patriots. These weren't patriots that were wearing designer suits or vip tags i mean these were bakers and pipe fitters and assembly line workers who take time off of their regular day to look into other things and participate right. in conferences like this because they love america and um, i found myself surrounded by an absolute magnitude of patriots that i have not experienced in my life
0: yeah a I, great addition uh, and I, and I hope
1: and I hope that
0: that um, continues. Yeah, I, I hope that, you know, we can continue moving forward as a country and as a, a patriots and keep going down this route of uh, looking for answers. You know, we've been doing it for several years on various Internet platforms. You and I, um, you know, we did it in college, as young conservatives, uh, you know, and in our personal lives, we, we try to be active as possible, um, and, and, and look for what's wrong and what we can fix in our little world around us. And, you know, getting to the bottom of this Kennedy stuff, what went on, why, who, how, what, uh, that's, that's a big part of this. It's a big part of, fixing the United States Um, beyond, you know, the the everyday stuff like the price of gasoline or price of food. You know, if we lose our freedom, it ain't going to matter how much a gallon of gas costs. It ain't going to matter how much your bread and milk costs. You know, when you lose freedom, you lose everything. Not only freedom, but control. Right. All right, right, brother, God bless you. God bless everyone who tuned in and watched and listened. Uh, I'd like to do a a full-on Lee Harvey Oswald. You said you learned some interesting stuff about him today. Um, So do that some other day maybe. All right, brother.
1: God bless America, man.
0: See you next time. Thanks, Doc.